Craft Beer Radio, episode 417, on April 1st, 3017. April Fools, it's not year 3017. Really Could've got you, me. didn't I? Welcome to Craft Beer Radio on April 1st. Uh, no April Fool's show, just that that one trick. Real, really got gotcha. you. Uh, we got a couple beers uh, from Great Lakes. We got some interesting stuff, uh, a beer that Kenny gave us, and uh, you know, some we'll see how it goes. Yeah. So these Great Lakes are lighter beers. Let's start with those. All right. So these are, by the way, uh, given to us by Great Lakes. Thank you, Great Lakes. We are going to try first the Turntable Pills. I'm looking forward to this because uh, I like good pills. This is 5.3% alcohol by volume, uh, 35 IBU. So let's see. Is there anything else they want to tell us? Here's their profile page. It's a PDF. Uh, okay, yeah, malts, uh, Harrington two-row, base malt, and Munich, and hops are sterling. Yeah, so I Ooh, noticed that Great Lakes was putting out a bunch of new beers. They have a like a 12-pack called the Fridge Filler, and it had an oatmeal pale ale. It had a new IPA. It had a Holy Moses, you know, an old classic that they brought back, and one other beer. I'm selling this... Sh- Brewery so well. But then they have two new beers. It's Turntable Pills and the next one we're going to do, which is their uh, Grandes Lagos Lager. And uh, I'm like, wow, Great Lakes is really refreshing their portfolio. Mm-hmm. Probably should see if we get a couple of these on the show. There's, there's a sort of bready undertone, a bit of um, bready, not bretty. Um. Yeah, the, it has a... Um, have English muffin. Yeah, fair amount of hop on this. You know, it's a very spicy continental hop, like a Azotz or Hallertauer or something like that. It's it's actually pretty potent, and it's actually I'm getting a little bit of fruitiness off of it as well. Like you know, almost like you do from well, it's just sterling. Sterling, okay. I think it's just the, the malt they're using. Yeah, Harrington two row base malt and Munich. So they got a little Munich in there, which is giving. Oh really like yeah, I guess the Munich's going to give that caramel because yeah, when I'm smelling it, the hops are coming across a little more fruity than you mm-hmm. know just a straight up spicy and herbal. But it might be the nice malt backbone on this. Mmm, that's crisp and clean. The hops do a nice job of sort of uh, making it a little bit spicy, a little bit bold, but without going overboard. Uh, it's a really good malt backbone here. Really tasty. It kind of um, reminds me a bit of an Oktoberfest, almost. Yeah, the the Munich does carry through. Um, they, this, they call this a Czech-style pills on the label. So it's... Typically, those are a little maltier and not... And breadier mm-hmm. than, you know, like a Bavarian pills. Uh, but yeah, because the Munich does kind of give it a bit of a Vespier type type malt flavor. Very drinkable. Goes down nice. Uh, the color is a very pale straw. Slightly, slightly into golden. Mm-hmm. There's a moderate about a Very moderate. clean and very uh, clear. Filtered. Yeah, the malt flavor is really what's hooking me on this. You know, because of the season that we're drinking this, you mm-hmm. know, it's got me thinking like Maybach as well. Because mm. you know, there's a little bit of sweetness in there as well with that Munich. 
And, you know, so that's kind of where it's like making me think of a Maybach or something along those lines. So, yeah, this says... So it has a date, a fresh, freshest label on here, which is uh, June 6th. So probably about three months is what I'm guessing on the beer. In terms of how long they expect it to last. I'm guessing this was made sometime in... Uh, Sometime in March. Yeah, probably. This um, Grande's Lagos Lagos, the next one we're doing, uh, at least when he handed it to me last week, it wasn't out yet. Mm. Hmm. Yeah, I like it. Um, not a huge amount to go into. Mm-hmm. There's, there's the breadiness, there's the hops and... Very crisp and clean and enjoyable. The bitterness is starting to build on my tongue just a little bit as I'm drinking it, but it kind of it's not not you know it's not like face ripping or anything too bitter. It goes down nice. The I think the bitterness is is fine. It doesn't end particularly dry, but it um, but has just a nice sort of bready and slightly bitter aftertaste mm-hmm. that uh, that makes you want to drink more. Yeah, I like it. I think that that Munich character, that kind of Fespier character that's in there, you know, it really is keeping me from wanting to call this a Czech Pills. Mm. It's not that I'm disliking it. It's just it's not not necessarily the flavors I'm thinking of when I want a Czech pill, you know, something like a Czech Pills. So what would you consider to be like a really good Czech Pills that somebody might be able to find? Pills Raquel. Okay, <laughs> but what? Um, okay, no, that, that that's fair. Um, what about something in the sort of craft beer? Yeah, Try to think of another one. Um, that's a good question. Most of the really good pills I'm thinking of are more Bavarian pills. Right. You know, Trumer. Uh, you know, the Prima Eastern pills, Pennsylvania right. ones. I mean, Victory's a little too hoppy to be a classic, but you know, Stout's pills. Um, what's the other one? Trogue Sunshine Pills, you know, those kinds of ones. But they're all German-style pills, not really Czech-style. I'm having a hard time thinking of another uh, Czech-style pills. Yeah, I'm drawing, I'm drawing <laughs> okay. a blank right now. Fair enough. That was the Turntable Pills. Looks like the rest of these beers are pretty big boy beers, so we're going to do the other Great Lakes next. Yeah. I don't want to get too far into a barrel-aged coffee stout before we get back to the Mexican <laughs> lager with hibiscus. So that is the next beer, the Grandes Lagos, also uh, provided to us by Great Lakes. This is, as Jeff said, a, they call it a Mexican lager, uh, a cerveza, which has hibiscus in it, hibiscus flour. Uh, 5.4% alcohol by volume 20 IBU. Let's look at the fact sheet for this guy. Harrington two row base malt and flaked corn. So that gives that the Mexican kind of uh, thing to have a little bit of a corn malt in there. Uh, Mount Hood hops. Okay. So it has a kind of a. Pinkish type tint to it from the hibiscus. Yeah, flowers. kind of a roseish tint too. And then the color, aside from amber. that, is it's a kind of like an iced tea type color, a tea colored beer. Um, it's hard to tell with that pink in there, like what the original color is. 
I would say it it, it, it it's more towards an amberish color, but then it has uh, a bit of a rosy tint. Okay. On the aroma, the hibiscus has come through easy. Kind of a sweet, floral, honey-type smell. Yeah, a little honey, a little lavender-esque. Mm-hmm. Not quite that far. It's it's more subtle than you might expect, but it's not so subtle that you can't tell it's there. But you might—I mean, I wouldn't have necessarily picked out hibiscus just uh, if if I didn't know. That's it. I mean, it's hard to say what I would have said. I didn't know, knowing that it's flowers there, knowing that there's corn in there, I can smell kind of a cream corn or flake corn type uh, aroma in there as well. Or at least I'm telling myself that I can, mm-hmm. but I'm almost certain I would not have picked out the corn blind. Would I have said hibiscus? I don't know, but I definitely would have hooked on to that floral thing immediately. I probably wouldn't have thought hibiscus. I probably would have tried to pig a certain kind of honey, I think. Yeah, that's what that, that's what I suspect, but I probably would have said floral after the flavor because um I might have suspected maybe a some kind of flower honey. But there's definitely a kind of dandelion-esque greenness that's coming through on top of a pretty light you know, Mexican style. Uh, I like the tartness in this. What is giving it the tartness? Is that that's not the hibiscus? Is it? Would have to be. Yeah, I guess it's it's a it, it's not tart like. No, it's not tart like um, Berliner Weiss right, or like who's there? Who's there? Like um, no, but it, it has it has a um, kind of lack. So it's interesting. It, it, the prickliness of my tongue feels like a lactic acid type tartness or something like that. But you know, it, it's not a sour beer in any way. No, um, it has a bit of a of a sort of twinge of tartness as you're tasting it, and then it kind of the hibiscus sort of takes over and it gets a little, a little almost strawberry like. Oh yeah, yeah. And then it goes into a very sort of leafy green. Oh, I, I was not expecting so much flavor yeah. in this beer. I was expecting it to be kind of one note flowery, but I'm enjoying the drinking of this one. That tartness is really turning me on. And then, like you mentioned, how it goes into that strawberry type mm-hmm. flavor. That's really good. I think that's really good. I'm not as enthused by the end, though. I think it finishes a little... That that green is a little too... Too far green. Okay. I think there, there's something a little yeah, bit. I'm not sure about which that. part that you're describing. When you like that. right now, after it's gone down, and I'm just getting on my tongue a sort of leftover, almost limestoney, okay, um, kind of chalky thing going on. It's a little, um, it's it's not quite. It's that that's the only issue that I have. Okay, but it's. It's laying a little bit of a weird, as I just sort of let it sit, it feels like, okay, you know what it is? It's it's a very, it's actually, I'm getting more definition on it. It's actually very stemmy. It's very, like, 
the aftertaste of celery. Okay. Celery has a lot of aromatic and, and very interesting fruity qualities if you really get into it. But also at the when you just have a lot of celery and then you <laughs> just let yourself breathe, there's a weird kind of I, there's a stemmy thing that also feels very chlorophyll. There's there's that that thing going on that is a little a little over bitter. The the little slogan thing on this one is colorful hibiscus flowers bloom against a picturesque malt backdrop in this refreshing cerveza from south of the border, of Canada that is. Uh-huh. And it has uh, roller coasters on the on a sailboat on the label, so it's like Cedar Point. Yeah, not bad. I just it, it's that celery like aftertaste. It's a little. A little iffy for me. Hmm. Um, See, I'm not really getting anything that's... I mean, sure, late, late in the aftertaste, there's this kind of dry, chalky limestone thing. Um, cure to that's take another sip before you get that. Thing. Right, right, but that's not... That's not ideal, right? Yeah. I mean, it's... Yeah, no, I hear you, I hear you. Uh, you know, I'm just super stoked about that. Like I said, it's not a sour beer, but that, I think that tartness gives it the depth that... It's it's easily the best hibiscus beer I've ever had, out of the five or so that I've had. I really like enjoyed that savor beer, the savor flowers. I really enjoyed that. Uh, I'd have to think about that. I, I think that I like this one better. I just like how the flowers are, are subdued in this one. They're not too perfumey. They're not right. That's true. That's true. But I mean, savor flowers was. Was that hibiscus? Hibiscus and rose, and okay. I think that, I think there might have been something else in there, but I know that right. I de- definitely know there was rose. I'm pretty sure there was hibiscus in there, and mm-hmm. probably something else. Right. Really well done. Yeah, especially for someone like me who's skeptical of beers with flowers added and stuff like that. Flowers. So, is there going to be a new thing of flower beers? Are we going to have that come along? <laughs> Uh, I don't know if it'll be any kind of particular trend mm. other than just putting more and more different ingredients in beers. But... Okay, we got a couple of stouts here. How big is this oatmeal stout? Wasn't there a beer story that was interesting? Um, Constellation Brands gave money to Paul Ryan or something, and some people in Chicago were boycotting him. Don't drink ballast. Uh, that was a story, but uh, okay. there really wasn't too much behind it because Constellation Brands also gave money to Democratic yeah. Congress people. So that's just politics, as normal. Uh, especially some somebody who you know spending a huge amount of money and trying to get deals to go through. Yep, grease wheels on both sides. Yep. Okay, this is the Dark Horse 1 Oatmeal Stout. 7.0 ABV. Dark Horse is in Marshall, Michigan. So, this is, seven, like Jeff says, 7% 30 IBU. Uh, don't have any other information on it. They call it Oatmeal Stout, so I'm guessing there's oats in here. Um... They mentioned on their website something about coffee flavors, so there yep. probably is not coffee in here, but there... I do not think so. The color is very dark and viscous, like you would expect an oatmeal stout. Oatmeal stouts kind of are more... less translucent mm-hmm. than a regular stout. 
the lagers I was okay with being cold. These are still a little cold for uh, for my feel at least. Right. I haven't done a measurement, but it definitely feels cold. Yeah, the aroma on this one, if you want the gun that's behind you on the floor back there. See? Okay. You can definitely smell the thick, rich, stout, likely oats, you know, just right up from the aroma. Oh, it's in... <sighs> it isn't Celsius. That doesn't help me. <laughs> Come on, you're an international man, though. Uh, I am? I don't know. <laughs> It's in Celsius because I was using it to test the calibration on the heat bed on the printer. 54 degrees in the surface, which means about 50 degrees. That is too cold for me for an oatmeal stout for sure. Yeah, so the aroma has kind of a rich, dark, almost ashy type aroma. You know, really dark cocoa, um, roast malt, and, you know... A little bit of licorice. Okay, yeah. And then knowing it's an oatmeal stout, you kind of get smell that kind of steeliness, you know, that kind of iron type right. aroma that you get off of oats. Yeah, it smells pretty good. I'm not detecting any, like, acetone or things like that, the things that can normally mess up a stout. Right. On the flavor, it goes... It's kind of... It's interesting, like at the beginning on the front of my tongue, it really wasn't too flavorful and didn't really flavor it. On the first set, the flavor didn't register until about halfway back. And then it's kind of, you know, English style stout, you know, where you get some more of that kind of really roasty, like black patent type character. It's a moderately sweet and then um, big lingering roasty aftertaste on this thing that kind of just goes on and on. The the oats definitely contribute a lot to the flavor. It's not quite slick or slimy mm. in the in the flavor or mouthfeel, but it kind of does have kind of like a bowl of oatmeal type taste to it. That is very to me it's really very ashy, very mm-hmm. charcoaly in, in that yeah. first sip. Yeah, it's 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 on that far edge, like yeah. black patent or something in there. Hmm. Hmm. Mm. Doesn't like I mean when you think oatmeal stouts you, you you think more of a, a little bit sweeter and a little bit a little more comforting. This is more on on that edge, like you said, on that uh, very dark edge. Yeah, I mean you wouldn't want something much roastier. Mm-mm. It would be you know too ashen, too ashy, too astringent. Mm-hmm. It's definitely coming across as a stout because of the creaminess. The 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 oats are coming. It doesn't feel. I mean, like porters are generally the more ashy of the two, mm-hmm. but this feels like a stout. It just feels creamy. It feels more viscous. Um, but it's really and I think that there there must be a good deal of hops in here because I think that's that's accentuating the bitterness of the hops is accentuating that sort of bitter ashy tone. Yeah, I think there's. Yeah, that's a good point. The hops aren't. Are used mostly for bitterness. There's not much. There's some flavor hops, but not too much. Practically no aroma hopping in an oatmeal stout. But, you know, as I'm kind of halfway through my sample, 
I'm getting pretty acclimated to the roast itself, and I'm starting to get kind of, uh, you know, a moderate hopping. There's probably, a, I would say it's, you know, a little bit UK and a little bit like Centennial or something in there. You know, so let's say like, say like a Fuggle Centennial type right. blend for the, for the hop flavor. And, uh, you know, but it's kind of just kind of mingling in and out of this, you know, really rich, roasty stout. The flavor is much more sort of caramelly and toffee-like than coffee, tea, than tea, right? There's, mm-hmm. there is, I'm not, they, they mentioned coffee on their website, but I'm not really getting much of a coffee thing here at all. I think it's sort of a terrible thing to to put down for a stout because I'm not it's kind of just going to the normal playbook and saying, oh, yeah, it's a stout. yeah. Put... I mean, unless you consider like a super dark French roast, but then you're just, I mean, that's just the bitterness, yeah. really, is what you're getting. So, well, I mean, that's kind of if you're looking for any kind of coffee, it's kind of like a Starbucks or something, right? right. That super dark roast, burnt coffee type flavor. Speaking of which, I haven't been um, buying coffee lately because I've been dealing with the San Francisco Bay uh, K-Cups. Okay. Are, they're better than the normal K-Cups. Okay. They're they're fresher and they smell nice, but they're, they're a lot less de- work to do than... <laughs> than making your yeah. own cup of coffee. There's a... I've had a couple... I don't want to, you know turn this into coffee talk radio or anything, but I had a couple really good. There's a Peruvian blend from Commonplace that I just went through and I enjoyed that quite a bit. And, uh, actually, no, that's the one I just brought. I just brought a bag home. So I'll have that at home for the next month or so. It just got to be a pain in the butt, especially since we moved and the kitchen became a lot smaller. Okay. There just wasn't a lot of room to do all the stuff that you need to do. Right. I mean, I have my my grinder still the eight dollar grinder I got. That was a you know burr grinder, mm-hmm. and uh, but I haven't used it in a while. This b- bunch of uh, coffee still in the freezer, <laughs> but it just it goes unused because there's just no space. There's just this, okay. it just feels awkward doing it there. So it's unfortunate, but uh, I go buy those little cake cups and they they work fine for me. The they're not cups, actually. They have a little filter uh-huh. and lots of grounds in them, and they're in like a coffee package. So they're okay. They're less like cups and more like a little filter thing. They taste better. They're not great, but they're not as bad as those just plastic things. Okay. All right, that was the Dark Horse One Oatmeal Stelt. Takeaway from there was really, really as close to, as close to burning yeah. as you can get without actually being burnt. But pretty, I mean, you know, for for that, a decent job of of getting that flavor without really going overboard. Do you want to do the barley wine or the bourbon barrel? Aged Let's stuff? go with the barley wine to give a little bit of a of a break from the roasty flavors. So this is a, a cellar beer that Jeff had. This is a Victory's Old Horizontal from 2013. So four, four years, years old. Barley wine. I should knock the hop edge off of it quite nicely. 
11% on uh, this guy, at least on their website. I'm not sure exactly if this version is the same as what's on their website, but on their website... Uh, it says 11 on the label. The malt is two-row German malts, and the hops are uh, whole-flower American hops. <laughs> That's just all they say. Um, they present a food pairing of meat pies and English cheese. Uh, the color is a... Uh, deep amber uh, with it has a moderately hazy like yeah. you can't really see through it pretty hazy still smells kind of hoppy there's definitely the rich sweetness but there's actually a, a bit of a of a hoppy kind of thing it was at least the first the first bit of aroma I got mm-hmm. had some hoppiness to it yeah, I'm like smelling like orange marmalade on toast yeah. when I'm smelling this thing, right? Yeah. You know, you're getting that malty, you're getting that thick melanoidin, you know, condensed malt flavor, but then there's a bit of oranginess, which I'm not sure if it's coming from the hops or not. I can't really tell at this point. But yeah, I mean, just, you know, take a piece of thick bread, toast it, smear some orange, mar- orange marmalade on it, and that's kind of what I'm smelling. The um, yeah, there's still flavor is kind of orange juice. Actually, I'm getting like this really citrus flavor. There's it. There's a lot of hops still going yeah. on here. So this is a 2013. Uh, it's been in the fridge for a while. I can't say how long, but it it hasn't spent four years mm. in the cellar. It could have easily spent a year and a half in the fridge. So it hasn't matured necessarily the same for, way for yeah. four years. It's it's yeah. It was a it was a beer that we were gonna do a while back. So I put it in the fridge, and then it's been there, and I, I really can't say how long. <laughs> so yeah, that, that's an important note is that if you're gonna age beers, you if you you need to age them at um, something around sixty degrees, right? That that's probably the the best aging temperature. Uh, I mean. If you had the means, I would actually do lower. I would 52 to 55 okay. is my, where I would, if I had, you know. Which is, again, about 13 or so Celsius. If I had the means to have a climate-controlled beer aging cave, you know, yeah. I would have a, like a cave temperature. you can make one in the printer. Yeah, yeah, maybe I could. Uh, but, you know, like we've said many times on the show, you don't have to have the perfect mm-hmm. aging cellar. You just need to do the best that you can. Right. But the fridge is not... An aging utility. No, no, it's it a... keeps things cold, so cold that, in general, I mean, it's really going to slow down. Any right, it's basically, just like all chemical reactions, they slow down when things when they're cold. So, because what's going on is chemical reactions to, that age the stuff, um, oxidation, other things that are happening. Uh, by making by keeping it cold, you are reducing the chance and reducing the ability for these chemical reactions to occur, both good and bad. Right, so aging could be fraught with peril if you're not if you yeah no that's age true. the wrong beer that's true. Uh, if you have a, a cellar like Jeff does, which is not like super extensive, but it, it's it's nice. There's a good twenty thirty beers back there. Uh, then you're less likely to um, to have them all. I mean, they're, they're not all going to go bad. So right, if, if they go bad, it's mostly yeah. because they're they will. There was some critters. There was a time bomb in there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's unlikely as long as you keep things 
I mean, the the worst thing for you to do is have it go through hot and cold cycles, hot and cold, hot cold, hot cold. That's bad. It's the hot part that's really bad, of course. But having it do that, that means that various different things are happening to the beer, which are bad. As long as you keep it relatively the same temperature, mm-hmm. you should be good. Yep. Cool, dark place. Yeah, and only things that are, I mean, in general, things that are high alcohol uh, and, uh, you know, barley wine stouts, those kinds of things. Don't age a Pilsner. Don't age anything hoppy. Don't age an IPA. Uh, IPAs. I mean, things that are supposed to be drank fresh and right. hoppy. Uh, bottle conditioned beers are best, better than pasteurized things, because uh, they do more maintenance to the beer, the yeast that's in there, if it's still alive. Um, I mean, you could age some sours and things like that. It, uh, like bread beers, you know, certainly you could age a bread yeah. beer. Uh, it's going to change over time. I know, like Hop Devil, when they put out, or Victory, when they put out Wild Devil. This kind of thing, you could drink it fresh, you could age it. Uh, it was fermented, primary fermentation with Britannomyces. So, you know, it's going to be different than your Hop Devil IPA. But then, you know, it also has a really long tail on development. So, you know, they put it out when it's decent fresh. And then, you know, you may or may not like how it changes. I remember that uh, Stone, a couple years ago, put out a beer pre-aged right where they sold it to you it, so they have the they have the enjoy buys then they put out well, i've only seen like one release i'm not sure if they've done it again but it was like a not before right so they'd sell it to you but basically the name of the beer was don't drink this before two years from now <laughs> i have to look and see if they've done that more than once i've only noticed it the one time um we should probably do our commercial yeah sure Where's the music? There it is. Well, you want to support the show, and uh, it's easy how you do um, I'm so awesome at this. You think I would know how to do this by now? It's uh, craftbeerradio.com/amazon. You just go there. Next thing you'll see is the Amazon shopping website, and you shop, 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 and we get a small percentage of what you spend. It doesn't cost you any more than if you went directly to the the website directly. For those who listen to this commercial, this particular commercial may be leaving at some point. Um, we may be going to a, to a network type situation where we will have uh, promos at the beginning and end. Uh, but of course, Craft Radio Amazon will still be there. We'll see. We'll see if that ever works out. But yeah, you know, if you're shopping and you don't want to support, you know, you don't have anyone else to use a referral link for, use us, craftbeerradio.com slash Amazon. Yay! Bump, bump. Yeah, so um, we started talking about aging. You know, as I'm drinking the old horizontal, Greg finished his, so I'll wrap up here really quickly, and that is got kind of accustomed to that hoppy just malts it out a little bit more but yeah this beer really to me tastes kind of like a fresh old horizontal i wonder if it's been in the fridge for five, four years i don't know it's um doesn't feel like it's matured all that much it, no it, it, it's pretty hoppy it, it still maintains that and yeah it didn't age much at all but i wouldn't recommend keeping like an ipa in your fridge for for two years that it those still mature at least the, the hops fade 
in fridges. Mm-hmm. So that won't protect you from hot feet. No, drink your IPAs as soon as you buy yeah. them. I wonder if, I think it would be an interesting experiment. I don't want to do it, but I think it would be an interesting experiment if you froze it. <laughs> because as long as you then let it repressurize and let, you know, let all the stuff come back into solution, it should be fine. I don't know. I'm not going to recommend anyone. No, no. But what I'm saying, it would be an interesting experiment. I suppose. Uh, our final beer, uh, Kenny, uh, who was here uh, last week or two weeks ago, whatever, however you're listening, well, last Not show, sure. uh, gave us this beer, and we didn't um, we didn't really have a chance to try it on, on that, that show itself, and it wasn't cold anyway. But this is from Jackie O's. This is our first Jackie O beer, one of uh, the places that makes whales. Uh, Champion Ground. A bourbon barrel aged stout with coffee, twelve <laughs> percent. Uh, they use green Jamaican Blue Mountain coffee beans made uh, from Stouts coffee roasters. Stouffs, S T A U F, not Stouts, S T A U F. Stouffs coffee roasters. So yeah, bourbon barrel aged stout with coffee. That's a lot. Yeah, it sounds like they have a bourbon barrel aged stout and then they dosed it with coffee. The way the label's written. So it seems like, you know, this is kind of a variant. Mm-hmm. Instead of bourbon barrel being a variant of the coffee stout, this is a coffee variant of the bourbon barrel stout, is what it sounds like. It says there was a one off imperial stout that had been resting in bourbon barrels for 11 months. These barrels had a strong dark chocolate presence, but needed a boost. I so see. yeah, ooh, <laughs> yeah. The aroma is uh, the wood. I mean, so it's woody, but it's not really like bourbon like. Not immediately. No, it's not really oak like in the aroma. It's kind of like sticks and twigs. There's a lot of dark chocolate here. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, the first couple of things I smelled was kind of like, you know, like collecting firewood and like breaking, snapping twigs, and like kind of the wood smell from that. The uh, coffee aroma, it's in there. It's it For me, it's not like super aromatic. I'm not getting too many esters and things from the, the coffee. It's kind of like uh, things more like toffee and licorice, you know, like kind of those darker type notes. I should mention that um, this was not a one-off Imperial Stout. This is a one-off Imperial Stout. Stout? <laughs> well, you know, you don't make stouts very often. Ooh, okay. Flavors. So much more stuff than I was getting in the aroma. I'm getting this, like, big vanilla hit. And then, like, the coffee feels almost like, um, almost Mm. like a cafe de leche or something like that, where you're, you know, getting a lot more sweetness, like milk cream type in the flavor, uh, caramel. Wow, that's such a different beer from the flavor versus Mm. the aroma. So maybe that cream kind of vanilla type character, maybe that's coming from the wood because it doesn't seem like... It doesn't seem like the coffee would do that, yeah. right? I mean, definitely Vanlins can come from wood. We've we've noticed that character mm-hmm. before. So, 
but the creaminess is is the interesting factor. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that there is really it, it feels like like you said like a, a dulce de leche or, or a, something like that. Some mm-hmm. like a latte almost. Yeah, um, and the the coffee part doesn't taste like work coffee, which is good. There is there are notes of of deep coffee which kind of uh, hit an almost almost peppery note. Yeah, yeah. You know what I'm getting now, like this last sip. You know, it really reminded me of like the steamed milk, the cappuccino, cinnamon yeah. on top. You know, so it really like you know some kind of coffee drink. The flavor uh, that that's such a surprise because I was expecting kind of a a bitter flat type flavor from well, we just had a big bitter stout before yeah. so it's kind of really priming us and yeah. then but i mean just based off the aroma it was not right my expectations were not super high but the flavors on this beer are great is a little bit of a stringency at, at um the end uh but not not too much there's still a lot of hops and and is there's a good amount of hopping in here uh it's definitely mm-hmm. noticeable um, but there's a lot of chocolate, a lot of deep, dark chocolate and, uh, vanilla. I, I enjoy it a lot. There's, there's, and, and there's a little bit of, of tingliness, I think from the bourbon, but it doesn't actually mm-hmm. give you, it doesn't feel like this is bourbon added to a beer, which is one of the things that I dislike is when mm-hmm. it feels like, oh, they just, they poured a whole bunch of beer on top of bourbon and mix it together. Yeah. I mean, there's just a little bit of kind of booziness but this is like a 12 percent beer mm-hmm. too the wood's coming a little more pronounced as i'm drinking it this is i really like the this yeah. is well done this so is add your coffee to your imperial stouts after the barrel <laughs> seriously i'm not sure if many places do that and this is good yeah i think that i think that's a good i mean not being a brewer i don't really mm-hmm. know for sure but I think that's a good way to not seep a whole bunch of that work coffee-esque flavor into yeah. it, is not sort of let, let it sit on coffee for a huge amount of time. Mm-hmm. All right. It reminded me of when you brewed, remember when you brewed an espresso stout or something, mm-hmm. and yeah. um, your neighbor would just pour, <laughs> he wouldn't tell you, and he just pour coffee in? That was the story, right? Yeah. When I was doing something, he went inside and made like a quadruple espresso, and like <laughs> poured into the beer because he wanted more coffee in the beer. Um, kind of a dick move, if you ask me. <laughs> hey, it turned out for like my fourth or fifth home brew, it turned yeah. out pretty good. All right, I guess it's time to rank the beers. Mm-hmm. Rank the beer. All right. Um,. From the bottom, I am going to put. I'm gonna put the dark horse in last place. Kind of a hard luck loser for me, um, just because it was like such an aggressive, roasty, ashy beer. It was a fine oatmeal stout, but you know, it, it was. It could have been more enjoyable. I think if it had a little bit more sweetness to it, a little more chocolateyness to it. And you know, less of that, less of that roasty, roasty ashiness. I think it would have been dialed in a little bit better. Mm-hmm. I'm going to put old horizontal in fourth place. It's 2013, but you know, like I said, I don't know how many of those years it's been in my fridge, and it still tasted pretty fresh. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't prefer 
hoppy American barley wines. I like them with age. I like English-style barley wines. Right. I like the ones where the hops have mellowed and the malt complexities are starring. And this one didn't get there. So, fourth place. Third place, I'm going to put the Turntable Pills. Uh, it was a it was an interesting beer. I think that Munich Malt character that was in there was kind of one of the main things I was focusing on. Good and bad. Uh, I was focusing on it. I enjoyed it. It made me think of like a kind of a Fest beer or a Maybach or something like that. I mean, I guess the bad is it made me disagree with the classification that they put on the beer. It doesn't change my enjoyment factor of mm-hmm. the beer, but it makes me disagree with what they call it. Yeah, if, no, and, and that, that plays a role in, in how you perceive something, yeah. for sure. Yeah, I mean, if I really wanted to check pills and order this, I didn't get what I really wanted. Mm-hmm. Still a fine beer. Second place, I'm going to put... Hmm. I'm going to put the other Great Lakes in second place. I like this beer a, a lot. I really liked how that tartness... I'm not sure where the tartness came from, but I really liked it. I talk about it nonstop, practically. And I that was my favorite part of the beer. And then it went into uh, the flowers, but they weren't too perfumey. They weren't too sweet. It was... I'm surprised. I, I He's this close from being my favorite beer of the night. And, you know, how often do you say that about a Mexican-style lager with hibiscus? You don't say that very often. No, you don't. <laughs> For sure. And he was going to be my favorite beer of the night until I had this Jackie O's. The other Ohio brewery beats them out. I just thought that the when I was smelling the beer, I'm like, well, that grande slogger's lager. He, I would call he, it a she. she okay. When just I, with the pink. Yeah. When I smelled the beer, I'm like, oh, man, that Mexican lager has got this tied up easy. Because the Jackie O's didn't have a great aroma. Mm-hmm. Tasted flat. Tasted... Or smell. Yeah. <laughs> I'm mixing up my senses. It, it, you know, it smelled... I mean, the smell was not dynamic. It was kind of meh. And it really, but the flavor was amazing. Yeah. It really pulled through those vanilla flavors, cinnamon flavors. Uh, had that kind of milk. Had, you know, kind of like a milk caramel. But then also like a, just a cream flavor. There was this kind of cappuccino note that was drilling through that beer and it was it was awesome okay well we disagree on our rankings shocker uh in fifth place i'm going to put uh, jeff's second place for the grande lagos mostly just because i think these were all really good i just didn't like that sort of aftertaste that celery like chlorophyll aftertaste that i was getting and that's the only you know it's the only knock i have in the beer because the rest of it i thought was really good but that was enough to to throw this into last place for me uh in fourth place i'm going to put the dark horse um a little too ashy for my taste. When I think oatmeal stout, that's not what I think. But I think it's, it's actually a really good example of how to take that ashiness and not go overboard with it. So in a way, I'm kind of like, I kind of want people to try it. <laughs> because it, it it really doesn't just do ashy. There's still some some interesting stuff happening there. But it's just a little, it's, it's hard for me to be like that it really Bested the other beers. It it, it didn't. Uh, in for, in third place, going to put the victory. Like you said, I think it tasted more fresh than I would have expected from a, a beer that's aged that long because it really hasn't aged that long. Mm-hmm. And I and like you, similarly, I I appreciate the barley wines that have more age on them and have that sort of sweeter thing and don't have as much hops there. But it's still good. In second place, I really enjoy the turntable a lot. I thought that 
even though it wasn't necessarily Czech pills, it was kind of Munich-y, and it had some really good stuff, and it was very drinkable, very drinkable, very smooth, crisp, lots of things I enjoy about uh, a good lager. Easily could drink a couple of these, uh, no problem. So I would definitely recommend that. And then first place, just like you, that Jackie O's was really, really, really good. All right, awesome. Thanks, everyone, for listening to Craft Beer Radio. Nice subtle bring up there. <laughs> we'll learn how to do this sooner or later. We're still only 417 episodes in. I mean, give us, give us a break. Craft Beer Radio is released on the Creative Commons license. You can visit craftbeerradio.com for more information. If you want to contact us, uh, Twitter's our favorite way for you to contact us. Uh, at Craft Beer Radio. I'm at Jeff Bear. At CBR Greg. You can also email us beer at craftbeerradio.com. And, uh, you yeah, know, stay cool. Until uh, we talk to you again next week. Stay cool.